We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states. And the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live, in-game odds on every major sports, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. On today's episode of the Pride Podcast, we have our game plan episode for the Detroit Lions versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to break down the injury report, we're going to talk about some keys to victory, and we're going to talk about some new faces for the Detroit Lions on episode 207 of the Pride Podcast. With the seventh pick... In the 2021 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Panay Sewell, tackle, Oregon. He's going to run it straight in! Jared Goldberg! Touchdown, Detroit Lions! DJ Hawkinson, they did it! They tied it! They're an extra point away from winning this game! Oh, baby, how big is that? Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode 207 on the Blue Warrior Network. Today's episode is going to be sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. Use promo code PRIDEPOD. They are matching up to your first deposit of $100. You deposit $100, you get $100 back. Go try it out. Underdog Fantasy, promo code PRIDEPOD. I'm with my man. Welcome. No, what's today? What are you doing today on this lovely Wednesday night? Woo! Okay. Is the woo re-energized after a Detroit Lions bye week? Yo, I'm 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 not gonna lie. Right now, that bye week, I actually really needed that bye week. I think I said, everybody I said the same thing. Yeah, we just said the same thing before <laughs> we started. That bye week. Like I honestly, during that whole week, I just tuned myself out from. Detroit Lions football and what they were doing. I didn't want to even talk about it for a whole week. And now I feel I feel I feel I feel revived. I feel I feel great. Like um I'm glad to be back. 
Yeah, we are definitely back. Um, I, I will say, though, like, I'm just being, like, brutally honest right now. Like, this has been one of the more difficult years to cover the lines. Like, just doing, uh, you know, essentially multiple weekly podcasts on, on the Detroit Lions. Like, I'm, I'm being straight up. This has been a difficult year with what we've just seen on the field. I'm not saying I'm taking anything for granted for what we've built or anything like that. I'm just saying as far as a production and a product of what we've seen so far this year and it's only been eight weeks of what we've seen, but it, it's it's been brutal. You know, it's it's been a struggle. Uh, you know, definitely talk about this. So I I really appreciate everyone that is still tuning in because I know it's brutal as a fan, um, j- just watching this team week in and week out. And I know you guys are looking for just hope for the future, obviously. But you know, these days right now, these are these are the rough days, and and you just hope that one day that they're going to be positive days and the lines. I can't say be back because they've never been there. But I mean, if you want to use the cliche from maybe 1957, like be back from those times. But wow, <laughs> that's taking you know, it way back. Yeah, you know, I mean, we didn't see that personally, but we just want to no. see the Detroit Lions because. So well, we do appreciate you guys sticking it out with us during these rough days and you know this rough year, obviously in general. So uh, I'm with Malcolm though, man. That bye week was just very, uh, very, very energizing. Um, nice it was just it was just nice to take a little break from the Detroit Lions and just not really have to worry about you know the the week's matchup but we're back this week to talk about Lions Steelers and I just got to make a quick shout out before we get into Lions Steelers because we're recording the night of the Detroit Pistons just getting their second one of the NBA season we're Jalen Green the Houston Rockets and Cade Cunningham stepping up to the ring and winning the battle for Jalen Green Malcolm, you watched the game, man. What'd you think? Um, it, it it got it got exciting in the fourth quarter. You know, I was so this is like my setup. My setup when I watch games, I have on my on my big screen. I have like whatever like my main game I'm watching, whether it's a Lion game or a Knicks game. I have that on there, and then I have my laptop on my lap, and I'll probably like split the screens and open up multiple windows and watch multiple games at that point. So I had one of the windows for the Pistons game on my laptop, and I was watching it. Man, that first quarter was rough. First half. Um, first half. It was, it was, it was, first half. Yeah, it was rough. But, I mean, it, it got kind of exciting when the game got close and um, towards the end. So, it was, it was a great game for, for um your, your first-round pick. He had a, what, the first 20-point game? Uh, yes. Cunningham? Yep. It was, a, it was a solid game, man. Solid game. It was, uh, I call it um <laughs> the battle of who is the worst in the NBA oh, in the game. It. Stop it. <laughs> well, stop congratulations. It. The Pistons is not the worst team in the NBA. I, we yeah. could definitely just say that. I mean, they're they're not. You guys definitely are better than the Houston Rockets. Well, there we go, Pistons fans. I guess we have that to, uh, to hang our head on. We are, not, we are not the worst team in the NBA. You guys NBA. are not the worst team. I mean, you got to look at last year. You guys were the worst team, right? No, so the Rockets were worse than us. Okay, never mind. Okay, so <laughs> the, the Houston Rockets reclaimed their title. They're still worse than you guys. <laughs> we, we were the second worst team. Yet, <laughs> okay. All right. Let's get back to the Detroit Lions. Well, I just had to get that off my chest because I'm hype. You know, as, as an outsider, I, I could see how you probably just don't give a shit. But if you're a Detroit Pistons fan, you're, you're a Detroit sports fan, that was just a big night. That was a big win. It was just... It was great. It was just a great night to watch basketball. And we were on national TV. I don't think we'll ever be on national TV anytime soon, but we were on <laughs> national TV. I don't think so either. <laughs> I don't think so either. But we were on national TV. <laughs> oh, right. man. That was hilarious. Uh, okay. 
before we get into the injury reports for both these teams, I got to talk about some guys uh, being back from injury reserve and some guys that could be back this week. And then the Lions also make some other transactions of adding to their roster. I want to start off with Ifati Malafanwu. Uh, he officially has returned to practice. He has used his IR designation, which means he has 21 days now to return on the football field. So I don't expect him to play this Sunday versus the Steelers, but I think it's more realistic to maybe see him next Sunday versus the Cleveland Browns, or if the Lions want to even be more patient and just sit back on a little bit more if they don't think he's fully ready, they could wait till Thanksgiving versus the Chicago Bears. So the Lions have 21 days to officially activate Ifati Malafanu, but he has officially returned to the practice field of the day of the recording, Wednesday. So that is good news. Uh, Taylor Decker, we mentioned it on Sunday, me and Pierre in our live show. He is officially back, and he is expected to potentially play this Sunday, too, versus the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is obviously huge for this line's offensive line and just, you know, huge to see what he could do. I'm um, obviously missing the first eight weeks. Uh, there, there was some scare that he might be out for the season because he was on that 21 designation list, and he was cutting it close if, you know, he was going to, you know, be officially activated or not, and the Lions did officially ev- activate uh, Taylor Decker, so... Yeah, we're going to see him probably this Sunday, which is good news. And then the Lions also acquired a receiver from waiver claims, former Los Angeles Rams wide receiver, former connection of Jared Goff and Brad Holmes, Josh Reynolds. He played for the Tennessee Titans this year, just didn't really work out. The Lions with the number one priority did claim Josh Reynolds, so he is now part of the receiving core. They did not put a waiver claim on Odell Beckham Jr. like we expected on Sunday. And uh, Odell Beckham right now cleared uh, waivers completely, no team in the NFL picked him up so he is officially a free agent so uh, you could officially chalk that out of the Lions signing Odell Beckham Jr but the Lions do bring in a receiver and it's Josh Reynolds and he does have some familiar connections with Jared Goff and Brad Holmes so Malcolm I just want to start it off with you real quick we'll start off with the Afati Malafonu thing um, what's your thoughts on Afati Malafonu back uh, being back obviously that's huge for the young guy needing his reps but I think now there is some confliction I think there's some adversity here Jerry Jacobs has played very well since Ifati Malafonu and Akuda have been out. Amani Awari has done his job. What is Ifati Malafonu's role when coming back to this team now? Oh, my Lord. I was about to ask you that question, man. I I honestly, I I don't I don't know, man. I think his, when he comes back, there's no way that you could take out Jerry Jacobs the way he's been, he's been playing. And um, Amani Awari, you can't take him out either because I think right now he is our leader in our <laughs> With our cornerback, he's probably he's, he's a veteran right now. He's an old guy there, right? Uh, in the cornerbacks room, for I mean, a cornerback room. I mean, Nikhil Roby Coleman is yeah, technically part of the organization, but like, yeah, as a starter, a, like a guy a who contributes. Active rosters. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Amani, so, yeah. you can't take him out either. I think this is a good time for Ify to just you know get his feet wet, you know, just come in, grind. I don't see him taking Jerry Jacobs' job at any point this season, unless unless an injury happens. What about I, I you, think, man? I was just saying, I think for Dan Campbell, I, I agree with you. I just don't think they can make the adjustment right now with pulling either AO or Jerry Jacobs. But I do think now this, you know, stirs up the competition, which is a good thing because I, I think now it, it puts a shorter leash on these guys and it puts these guys more on their, you know, tippy toes that, you know, if, if you mess up, we have a guy who's ready to play right now and, you know, he is willing to take your starting job. I agree with you. I don't think the, they shuffle the lineup of, the, you know, the cornerbacks right now between A.O. and Jerry Jacobs. But, you know, if there's a string of bad games or if there's a string of bad plays, 
I don't think Dan Campbell and Aaron Glenn will, you know, hesitate to pull the leash and you say, hey, you know, we, we have a Fatu Melifanu and we're more than willing to start him right now. So I think it's good. It's good competition. I don't think they adjust it right now, but it is good competition that these guys now, you know, not that they've been playing bad, but now that there is more competition, that there is more expectations that you have to perform or, you know, your job is taken because, Honestly, you know, when Melifanu was out and Akuda still being out, obviously, and he's going to miss the rest of the season, you know, there wasn't really that much, you know, scare for those guys. They knew that they probably had their job kind of locked in as a starter. Not that they're going to give up plays and stuff, but, you know, I think if Fatu Melifanu brings more of a, a legitimate competition than a guy like Bobby Price or a guy like Roby Coleman. So I think it's just, you know, good to have Melifanu back. And obviously the Lions have, you know, had an injury bug, especially in that cornerback room. So, you know, getting a guy healthy is obviously a good thing. And, you know, with Melifanu being a rookie, you know, he needs as much opportunity as he can get. I don't know if he gets that right away, but like I said, if, if a guy struggles, I don't think Aaron Glenn or Campbell will, will hesitate at all to put Malafonu in the game. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's huge. I can't wait to see how they play it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. You know, I think right now, if it's not broken, just don't fix it. It's like, it's hard to say that right now because a lot of things are broken right now with the <laughs> Ooh, Detroit Lions. A lot, but a lot. I, I don't think Amani or Rory and Jerry Jacobs are part of the problem, if that makes sense. Yeah, so, they're, they're not. So I, I would leave it how it is right now. But, you know, if they start to struggle down the line, you know, then I think that that opens up an opportunity for Melifonu. And then, like I mentioned, the injury bug has been going around. You hope that doesn't happen. But if, if it does and it's like the NFL, it could very easily happen. You know, you got a more than capable starter. I mean, I, I can't say that yet, but I think in the very, very small sample size, we saw Melifonu, we saw the upside and we, we see an upside of a good corner here. So. Um, you know, I, I think they have a guy who's capable to play some starting corner for them if they need it, but not right away. Let's talk about Taylor Decker being back because this was a big, you know, argument. It's like, what do you do with Panay Sewell? Do you keep him at left tackle? Do you put him at right tackle with Taylor Decker? So what it seems like is uh, Taylor Decker's going to get his left tackle position back and Panay Sewell is going to go back to right tackle. Uh, are you okay with that? I love it. I love it. I think this is going to make – and uh, the big thing right now is is hopefully Taylor Decker comes back and he's you know back to his his old self, you know hopefully he's not rusty and gives up sacks or you know is holding, and you know there's penalties. Hopefully all that stuff is not there. Hopefully he's in midseason form, comes in and he's able to play and play at a high level because our O line, believe it or not, struggled um, without Taylor Decker and having Matt Nelson in the right side. Matt Nelson struggled all year. Um, he gave Jared Goff you know, minimal time in the pocket um, because he was consistently getting beat on his side. So I think having Panay there is going gonna, is gonna to help them out. And I know a lot of people are freaking out because they've seen the preseason. And people are like, oh, no, he struggled in preseason. He struggled in, pre- he struggled in preseason. I wouldn't look too much into that. If you look into the preseason, damn near our whole offensive line struggled in the preseason. Um, and it's because there's, they did a lot of different protection schemes in the preseason. Um, you, you saw with the starting lineup when Panay was there in the preseason, they did a lot of man man blocking um, versus what they're doing now. They do a lot of zone blocking, and in the zone blocking, it works out better for them. So I I don't see I could see Panay going to the right side and doing a hell of a job. I'm not really too worried about Panay going to the right side. I'm I'm more worried about Taylor Decker if he's coming in and how he is his first day back because he had to play the what eight weeks. Well, I mean, he didn't even. 
Uh, when did he get hurt? Um, yeah, when did he get hurt? Did he play in the preseason? That's, that's what I was just trying to think. I'm like, did he even play in the preseason? I don't think he did. So yeah, no. It's, it's going to be like, I'm more worried about Taylor Decker than I am with Penesul. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's it's because it's been a while for for uh, Taylor Decker. I'm just trying to think. When did he get hurt? I forgot. Was it? I know it was, was in pra- camp. I, I know it was in practice, but like I'm trying to think. Was it? Did he play in the preseason or not? I don't oh, think man. he did. Because I know Panay was obviously the right side. But it was, you know what? He got hurt. I think, I think he. Played you know what? That, he got. He got. He game. played. Did he play week one? I just I think he played in that Buffalo game, the one at Ford Field. You know, I think he played the first two drives. He played the first two drives, and we had somebody on the pod, and we were talking about how healthy we were. Going to the season, so he yeah. played the last preseason game. The last he, one versus the Colts. Was it the Colts? Did we bench our starters? Oh, I, 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 I know you're having I know. a you're having a Malcolm moment right now. You don't remember anything. No, I I know Panay played the versus the Colts, but I know the rest of the offensive line did not play that game. Oh, he was oh, he, he was the only guy that played that game. All I remember is that going to Week One, he was non injury report on the first initial report, and we were all hyped. <laughs> That's all I remember. And then the very you know, second you're right. week, you're right. He got <laughs> the he very got, second second day. Yeah, right. He showed up on the injury report. We're like, what the hell is going on? He got hurt in practice before the Niners game. That's what it he was. So he, he, did, he, was like, he, he did play in the preseason. Okay. That's, that's what I was trying to, I was just saying, I feel like he did, but like I don't I didn't remember when he got hurt. Because I remember we didn't actually see the injury. It was something that happened, yeah. you know, not in during the game or anything like that. It was during the practice. So and then it, it just ended up being way longer than anybody could expect it, I think. Yeah. That was so. funny, so I'm pretty sure our listeners are probably like, it was week one, it was week one. And we were probably yeah. like, um, when was it? <laughs> I'm telling you, bro, it's been a brutal year, man. It, I, I don't have that that lockhead memory like I want right you, now. W- watching the Lions this year fried some of our brain cells. It, it really... No, I think I legitimately <laughs> lost some brain cells watching this It literally this fried some cells, man. Shoot. Man, yeah, no, that that was that was kind of embarrassing, but we figured it out. We figured it out. We didn't have to look it up or anything, so we did figure it out. We didn't, yeah, we didn't look it up. We just it was all just trying, just figuring it out. Yeah. So I, you know, with me with uh, Taylor Decker going back to left tackle and then Panay going back to right side, I'm actually okay with it. I was a big proponent of uh, keeping Panay Sue at left tackle and just letting him develop there. I'm okay with Panay Sewell moving to right tackle if this is where they view him long term. If if this is where they view him long term, if this is where they view him when they're when they expect to be a good football team, I'm okay with it. I'm not okay with it is if they go into an offseason or if there are some plans, or I'm not saying this is gonna be the case, but if there is some idea where Taylor Decker's not part of this future and that they think Panay's just gonna go to left tackle eventually, I'm not okay with that. But if if the Plan for now and the plan for next year, and I would say the plan for even 2023 is to have Taylor Decker at the left side and Panesu at the right side. I am okay with it. Let them get comfortable where they know is. I mean, Taylor Decker doesn't need to get comfortable. He knows how to play left tackle. But let Panay get comfortable at right tackle, and, you know, then you build off that. But if the plan was, you know, to not have Taylor Decker be a long-term piece, and I'm just saying from Brad Holmes' eyes, if this is any, you know, image that they have right now, then it is a little frustrating. It's like, what are we doing here? Like, we did half a season with Panay at left tackle. Then we're going to do another half at Panay with right at right tackle. It's just like, choose one one or the other. Like I said, if the long-term plan is with Panay at right tackle, I'm completely fine with it because I think he will master the position. I think he'll be very good at the right right side. And I think if it were me, I would just keep Decker and I would keep Panay. If Panay's good at right on the right side, 
and just build off of that. Use that as a strength going forward. You do it. You would then have figured out both of your offensive tackle position. You have your center, obviously, in Frank Ragnow, and you got Jonah Jackson. So you would have four out of your five offensive line pieces already nice and stable. And then Big V, you know, he's had also a solid year for for this team as well. So he could be maybe the fifth piece, or maybe the tiger or the I said the Tigers. Maybe the Lions want to cut some, you know, cap and um go a cheaper route guard, whatever. But like regardless, you would have four out of your five offensive lineman pieces figured out already which i think would be huge going forward in this rebuild so if that's the plan i'm okay with it but if the plan is to move off of decker at some point in the next year or two then it's just like what are we doing here so i i would say just hopefully this all works out we can just have decker and Panay, you know roam the tackle positions for the next however many years yeah i mean that was the original plan when we when we drafted yeah, no, Panay, sure. Panay Sewell, that that was the original plan yeah. So I don't think the plan has changed because Taylor Decker had an injury. No, I don't you know? either. I don't. Yes. Either. So I, I I do think Taylor Decker will be here, and I think Panesua will be. You know that for now. You know until as long as Taylor Decker's here will be that that right tackle. I think, but I do say like when Taylor Decker does eventually. I mean, I don't know how long. I don't know how long his contract. I don't know the, the exact details of his contract. I mean, we have a long time with Taylor. We have a long time with Decker. Yeah, yeah. But I think eventually when that does run out, and, and I, I think they will. I think eventually move. No, to that that's left different. No, that's different. I'm saying like in the next more, you know, two years. I'm not saying the next four or five years because that's that's a whole different yeah. conversation. I think Taylor Decker could be here for the next three years. As a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that's going to happen. I don't think yeah. that's going to change at all. But right. I mean, yeah, this is going to be the strength of our offense right now. This is what we all thought we got excited about coming in. This, this offensive line right here. This, this is it right here. So we're going to get to see it. Yeah. And hopefully it makes our offense better because it's been – atrocious it's been bad it's been awful <laughs> it's been yeah. terrible it's it hasn't been good yeah the, the the only worry is i would say is if penesul i'm not saying just this game i'm saying the rest of the season just completely struggles at right tackle and doesn't look like there's, a right tackle that would be that would be a worst case scenario there's no way in hell he's gonna struggle worse than matt nelson there is no. absolutely no way in hell <laughs> the way matt nelson played and I know he didn't give up a lot, a lot of sacks because he didn't say it, but you got to go back and watch the tape. He's getting beat like almost every yeah. single play. And he's, he's always on his ass. <laughs> he's always on his ass. He's always getting beat. And I don't think he's going to be worse. There, there's no way in hell no. he's going to be worse than Matt Nelson. Well, he's got to be – that can't be the expectation. Don't be worse than Matt Nelson. No, it's not. He, I think he's, he's got to play – He's got to be good. I think he's going to play very well. And I'm saying that by not looking at the preseason games. Because if you look no, at the preseason, you're going to be worried. You'll be like, oh shit, this is this is scary. But I'm telling you, zone blocking and man blocking is two different things. And I think he's a really good zone blocker. So I think this is gonna work out for him. Just on the right side. Malcolm, I hope you're right, because I just wanna have my tackle positions figured out. And I don't even want this to be a, a conflicting thing anymore. Like I just want Taylor Decker and Panay Soul to work out together. I want Panay just to work at right tackle and we don't have to have conversations like what do you do with Taylor Decker at the point? Because Taylor Decker is a good left tackle. And I want him on my football team. And I this is this is the problem. This is the problem we may come across. If Taylor Decker is, is rusty and gives up a couple sacks or has a few holding calls because he's rusty. This is his first game all season. No, I'm not worried this, about just this game, though. I'm saying just in general. I, I know that, but I'm telling you, if he has a bad game, this game, because coming back, you're going to hear everything. Oh, no. you should move Panay to the right side, to the left side. And move uh, Decker to the right side. You know, that's where all the the, the chatter is going to come. But 
That's what I'm hoping Taylor Decker has a solid game. No, you can't make your assessment off one game off of Taylor Decker being out for eight weeks. I mean, I, you, I'm not, you, but you, I'm you, telling you, you can. The I way mean, I, our I, media is and people I, are and some people. I already know. I understand that, but I, I'm saying it right now. I'm not gonna be one of those people on the bandwagon of. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, us, uh, you know, between me, you, and Pierre, um, we're we're on the same page. We yeah. we know what's going on, and if he has a, if he has a rough game this week, we understand. He, you know, he's been out. We get that. Yeah. But I think there's gonna be a lot of people who don't get that. No, I, I'm looking at the big picture. I'm looking at the rest of the season. I want these guys to succeed like just the rest of the year. And I just I don't want it to be conflicting anymore. I want that position to be nice and stable. And it's like, okay, we don't have to worry about our starting offensive tackles. We are good. We, we don't have to worry about moving Panay back to left side. Panay just I just want Panay to work at right tackle because I know what Taylor Decker's gonna give me on the left side. It might be a couple games where you know he might be rusty. That's fine. But I know what Taylor yeah. Decker's gonna give me in general at the left side. So I'm not concerned or worried about Taylor Decker. Let's go, so, man. Yeah, I, I'm I, hyped, man. I think it's gonna make, I think it's gonna honestly make our offense offense better, man. Hopefully, give Jared Goff sure. time in the pocket. Hopefully, he he's confident in the pocket, knowing that he has his full offense in line there. And who knows? Maybe he looks downfield. Who knows? There is a po- There is a chance. I, I think we saw some flashes of that um, when Jared Goff has had protection this year. Very, 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 very little uh, sample size, but. I'm just going to go back to the Green Bay game, the first half. Um, you know, he was taking some shots down, and that's when he had, I mean, I think they were calculating on the ESPN. It was like he was averaging like five, six seconds of play almost. I mean, the the protection was f- phenomenal in that first half of that game. And, you know, I, I think we've seen some glimpses of Jared Goff when he's had protection uh, this, this year. You know, like he's been able to make some big throws and just some big moments in general. Like, I, I still don't think he's a good quarterback. I think even with both these guys, and even if the protection improves, do I think he'll play better and maybe not the worst quarterback, the worst starting quarterback in the NFL? Sure. But is he a good quarterback? No. But, like, I, I think I, I get what you're saying. It's like he can improve his game Hopefully. as well, you know? Yeah. That, that's that, the hope. That, that's hope. We're hoping. Yeah, that'd be hope. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not saying that. Let's hope. Detroit Lions football is finally back. And there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Detroit Lions tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that all the other ticket sites charges, which let them guarantee the best price on all the NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you find a better price for the same seats on another ticket site, Tipic will give you 110% of the difference in your purchase price. So if you're headed to Heinz Field to watch your Detroit Lions take on the Pittsburgh Steelers, then TickPick got you covered. Visit TickPick.com slash Pride Podcast today to save $10 on your first order of your Detroit Lions tickets. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah, and it actually brings up a really good, you know, jump into the next topic about um, Josh Reynolds. Yeah. Now, this is a receiver that has chemistry with golf. Play with them with the Rams for what four or five years? He's been he got drafted, I believe, in 2017. I believe it was a fourth round pick. So they played all of 17, 18, 19, and 20. So four years, yeah. Yeah, four years. I mean, this is a big help. He comes in automatically, and he looks like he will be our number one receiver. That's sad, man. <laughs> <laughs> that is sad. You didn't have to say it like that, man. Who knows, man? Maybe he has like a Marvin Jones effect. You know, Marvin Jones wasn't, he was buried in the death charts with Cincinnati, came here, was our number one receiver, or 1A, 1B, one account, Golden Tate. Who knows? Maybe we'll have a Marvin Jones effect. He has chemistry with, go- he has chemistry with golf. First thing first, we did claim him. Does he play this week? Um, I guess I wouldn't be necessarily shocked if they play him this week just because, you know, he knows Jared Goff already. And they already have that connection. But I would assume probably not. I would lean more towards not because it's a different playbook than obviously what it was in L.A. Um, I, I, I don't know assume he plays this week. I mean, he got claimed on a Wednesday afternoon. So all he would have is Thursday and Friday. And Friday is usually a walkthrough. So I, I just don't think that's enough time to insert him into a lineup. Or if they do play him. Maybe as like a, a very limited snap count. Like you have them activated. You can use them as a decoy in some plays. But I, as far as having like a role, um, I, I don't expect much of it this Sunday. And I wouldn't be shocked if he's inactive uh, this Sunday versus Steelers. Yeah. yeah that's, I was thinking the same thing. Just really quickly about Josh Reynolds. Like I understand Lions fans trying to get excited. And like it, it was like a no-brainer decision. You had the number one priority. And... You know, why wouldn't you get it? You got a guy who has had a connection. You have had a guy who's played well with Jared Goff before. So I, I understand the decision was a no-brainer to to claim Josh Reynolds. You know, it was cheap. You need receivers very badly right now, obviously. So that was a no-brainer decision. It's just, it's sad that we are now, like, resulting in, like, going to Josh Reynolds as our number one guy, which, I mean, God bless. But, you know. <laughs> I mean, it, the thing is right now, man, he's a, he's a kid that, Shoot, I don't, I don't really have anything to say. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's tough, man. <laughs> it's tough, man. I, mean, I, I get, I, I get it, man. Because he's not, he's not an elite receiver. He's not. No, elite. he's not. He's not. Elite. I mean, he's gonna do his job. He's gonna do his job. We need receivers. We need any receivers right now. So but, I'm not. Compl- I, 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 I like the move. 
the thing is, I I think, and the, the sad part is, hands down, he comes in automatically. He's our best receiver. That's what I'm saying. It's a guy that was just away for not playing enough is now our number one receiver on our team. I mean, we, we knew this was going to be bad, but we did not expect it to be this bad. I mean, that's tough, man. It, it is, but shoot, we need it. We need it. We need help. We need help from anywhere. And this is a start, man. Hopefully it gives Jared Goff confidence. And, you know, Jared Goff has a guy he can rely on. You know, I, I think that was a big thing is that, you know, he was starting to get starting to rely on some guys. Like, he was starting to rely on Quintez Cephas. Then he's out. He lost him. And got hurt. You know, and I, I think with just the lineup, I don't think he really, besides Hawk, I mean, we saw last game, Hawk had, what, 12 targets? Like, he relied, he could, he, he could rely on Hawk, but he don't have a guy in the receiving court he can rely on. And I, I think yeah. with Reynolds coming in, I think he can rely on Reynolds. So I think it's going to help out golf. Offensive line is going to be a big help. So I'm not saying this is going to try to translate to any wins, but... <laughs> you know, hopefully it makes this, the offense more exciting at least, man, and make it watchable because this this been this been bad. It's been terrible. No, yeah, I mean, no, yeah, I mean, I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing on Josh Reynolds. Like, it's it's a fine signing or a fine waiver claim, whatever. I understand it. It makes sense. Um, you know, it, we'll, you, we'll see what it do does. You think he, do you think the rest of these games, do you think he could ball out? Do you think he could have, like, do you think that he can have a breakout year? Um, I, I think he he got what he wanted. I think he wanted just to get an opportunity to play and, you know, be the guy. And he definitely got that in Detroit. I think he's going to be that guy. And he's he's comfortable with the quarterback already. Um, it, It's a different offense. So, you know, there's going to be more eyes on Josh Reynolds than there were in L.A., you know, because there's no Cooper Cup. There's no Robert Woods here in Detroit. Nope. So there's obviously going to be more eyes on Josh Reynolds. But, you know, he's getting the opportunity that he wants. So, I mean, it's it's a big test for him. And I think he just kind of fits, you know, the narrative of the team. It's like, you know, what could you do? You know, you're you're one of these guys. You're here trying to play for a contract right now. What's your role? What's your role in this league? And I think Josh Reynolds is going to get that opportunity here that maybe he didn't get in Tennessee. So um, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting, you know, to see – what Reynolds could do here. And I, I agree with you. I think he's going to be a guy where, you know, Goff's going to have some more confidence and a guy that he could rely on just because you mentioned it, you know, like he was building that chemistry with Cephas and then he, he's out for the year, or, you know, going to miss significant time. Right. Uh, and there's just haven't been that one receiver where he's been really comfortable with, you know, he's obviously been comfortable with TJ Hawkinson, really comfortable with DeAndre Swift, but there's just not that one receiver yet. So you just hope it, helps out him and it just opens up the offense a little bit for Anthony Lennon. They come from the playbook a little bit. So we'll see, you know, I, I think it's going to be interesting. And it was, like I said, a no brainer acquisition for the, for the lions. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the injury report. <sighs> yeah, injury get through. report. I mean, we talked a lot about the injuries about obviously iffy Decker and then claiming Josh Reynolds. So, you know, that, that's, just, you know, a big thing going forward for the Lions in this game and then just going forward into the season, even though I don't expect Melifonomy to play this week. And if Reynolds is to play, I don't really expect much out of him. But, Malcolm, what's the Lions injury report looking like this week coming off the bye? Yep. So, for the Detroit Lions, we have Jamal Williams running back. He has a thigh injury. He did not pre- participate in practice today. Austin Bryant, outside linebacker. He has a shoulder injury. He was limited. Jay Sean Cornell. He has an illness. He was limited, but I'm pretty sure you have news on him about him being on. Yeah, not non-football illness, not NFI. Yeah, NFI. They call it reserve slash non-football illness. That's the list he's yeah. on right now. So he's 
inactive pretty much. Um, our kicker, Austin Seibert, he has a right hip injury. He was limited in practice. Taylor Decker, full practice. He was a full participant. And AJ Parker was a full participant. So That's good news. That, that's, that's really good news. But what's, what's concerning to me is um, Jamal Williams not being in practice today. I know it's Wednesday and it's early. I mean, things change dramatically, you know, with these practice reports. But, man, if we lose out on him again, man, it, it could be a big dagger in our running game. Yeah, no, they definitely missed him in that Eagles game when he was out. Um, they missed that big power back. Yeah, I know it, it would definitely suck without, you know, Jamal Williams. Um, you know, it, it would be next man up again. It would be Jamar Jefferson in that in that role, which they didn't really use too much, I feel like, in that Eagles game. And I, I believe I saw it was Deuce Staley came up with a comment. Um, it was in a press conference. I believe Deuce Staley was saying something along the lines where Jamar Jefferson actually came up to him. And, um, you know, he wants to play some more football. You know, he wants to, you know, he's he's wondering why he's inactive. And, you know, he, he wants to have a bigger role and contribute to the team. So, um, you know, Deuce didn't take any offense to, you know, Jamar coming up to him. But I believe that did take place with uh, Deuce Dale and Jamar Jefferson. So, you know, maybe this they open up more of the playbook for Jamar Jefferson and they look to maybe use him if Jamal can go this Sunday. Yeah, that'll be interesting, man. Yeah, because, they, I mean, they're obviously going to be needing a power back because – you know, DeAndre Swift isn't that guy, and Godwin Ikebuke is not that guy. I think Jamar Jefferson is probably the closest thing you have to Jamal Williams on your on your running back room right now. So, you know, if they decide to use more of that role to Jefferson with Williams being out, that could happen potentially. But you're just not going to get the guy that Jamal Williams is. So I think he's a big part of this offense and someone they're going to need you know, just going forward for the rest of the season because, like I said, they really missed him in that Eagles game. And I don't think it made a difference of the the win-loss category, but just in general of that offense moving and, and the run game in general with Jamal Williams. Yeah, definitely, 100%. All right, let's get into the Pittsburgh Steelers injury report. Let's start off with wide receiver Chase Claypool. He did not participate with a toe injury, and it looks like he's going to miss some time. Um, and it was almost a season-ending injury, but I guess he avoided the season-ending injury, according to Ian Rappaport. But it looks like he most likely will probably miss this game uh, versus the Lions with a toe injury. And then, obviously, Juju Smith-Schuster, the other receiver, the other starting receiver, has been placed on IR a couple weeks ago. So he's out. So that's two starting receivers for the Steelers out. And then for their, you know, Big Ben didn't practice, but he'll probably play. And then Eric Ebron was limited, and then everyone else was a full participant on this injury list. So that's the Pittsburgh Steelers injury report. But uh, no Chase Claypool looking like this week. So that's that's big for the Steelers' offense because he's a guy – he's one of their starting receivers and the guy they look at a lot. But the Steelers transitioning to their offense, you know, they haven't been a great offense. Big Ben hasn't been really all that effective this year. And, you know, I think I've made comments on some other shows when we've been comparing golf. I said – if there is one worst starting quarterback in the NFL right now, it might be Ben Roethlisberger right now. I think that could be, yeah. I think that could be a legitimate argument. I would still probably take Big Ben over Jared Goff this year, but um, you know, Big Ben has had better pieces around him this year, and he just hasn't looked good. And you know, Big Ben has kind of looked like this the last couple of years, man. It just looks like he's had to kind of call it a a career. And you know, it's I'm. Not taking shots at him. He's had a great career, obviously, but it's just it's that time for Big Ben, man. What's your thoughts on that? He, I mean, he doesn't look like he had the same fire. And in the beginning of the year, like you could see it, like he, like he looked like he had one foot in and one foot out. 
Like when whenever you see him on the field, like you can tell by the play, it just wasn't there. But I'll tell you, man, the last couple of games I watched of the Pittsburgh Steelers, man, he actually been he's been he's been okay. Like he was actually pushing the ball down. Like in the beginning of the season, that was his issue. People are saying, yeah. oh, he can't throw the ball deep no more. He's not throwing the ball deep. He's just checking it down, checking it down. But he's actually looking to, looking for the deep ball. You know, he's finding guys. Um, so which Big Ben are we going to see today? It's going to be very interesting. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I will say something in the Steelers offense that's just impossible to guard, and I think you can attest to this with being an Alabama fan. Najee Harris, man. I mean, that guy is legit, dude. Najee Harris is legit in the passing and in the running game. Yeah. Um, dude's a beast. I, I loved him in college. I love him now. I mean, as a player, I, I knew he was going to be – I said he's going to be the next back, big, you know, one of those elite backs. He's the next one coming up. Yeah. And I, I called it – he's a guy who could do absolutely everything. When you're talking about, you know, you know, pass protecting, the quarterback, he does that well. Running the ball in between tackles, outside, catching the ball in the backfield, putting – line him up as a receiver. He has hands like a receiver. Yeah, he could do it all. He could do it all. So he's a guy who I was saying is gonna be the next guy, next next elite back, you know, in in this league. You know, it's gonna be Najee Harris, and whoever gets him is gonna be lucky. And I, I knew Pittsburgh wasn't gonna be dumb enough to pass up on him because I knew they needed a back. But yeah, man, he's having he's he's having a hell of a year, and he I could see him causing the Lions a lot of problems this week. No, I I think. I think with Najee, when he, he was coming out, I think people were concerned with the work usage of him in Alabama, and that's just like always the concern with Alabama running backs because they get work to the ground over there. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think also people were concerned with the pass catching with Najee Harris, but I think Najee Harris has shut up that crowd like by ease this year, man. He's been great in both phases, in pass catching, um, in the run game. I mean, this dude's a freaking bowling ball, but he could also – like you said, he has hands of a receiver, and he's, you know, as as effective as a receiver as he's a running back, which is absolutely insane. Because like we rave about Derrick Henry about being this, you know, big bulky back, and he's gonna just get through everybody. Najee Harris does that to a certain degree, and is a good pass catcher. I mean, that that is just a scary, you know, beast in the making. He's already a beast right now, but like that, this is only nine game or eight games in for Najee Harris. What is he going to do as his career goes on and he just gets more established in the league? I mean, this dude is a freaking dog. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why people were so shocked about his pass catching ability. I mean, he showed that all in college. When Tua was there, they were throwing them, you know, wheel routes all the time. And he was just, he was just, you know, he was, he was getting, he was getting good catches. So I knew he had hands. I don't, I don't, I don't know why that was a question, man. But yeah, man, he's, and this, this, this the Steelers have some intriguing, like, skill players. I like their skill players. Like, I know Juju's out for the year, and then Claypool's probably going to miss this game, and Claypool's a nice, intriguing piece as well. But I like their skill players a lot. Like, I just, we mentioned Najee Harris. I think he's a freaking dog. I think he's just one of those backs, like you mentioned. It's going to be, you know, like, if you're a fantasy football guy, he's going to be your top three pick, like, in the in fantasy drafts. He could be top two. Like, I wouldn't be shocked. I think he's going to be one of those guys. Like, he's going to be your Derrick Henrys, your Delvin Cooks, um, Christian McCaffrey, whatever. You know, I think he's going to be one of those top picks in fantasy football. I think he's just one of those top backs in the NFL. And then going on with their other skill guys, like Deontay Johnson, just another super fun player, uh, very fast, elusive. You know, he's a guy that can give problems to corners. 
And then a tight end for them who's been showing up for them lately, or recently, I, I should say, uh, Pat Fryermuth, a rookie from Penn State. This was a guy I loved coming out. You know, I, I think people saw the traits of him being, you know, a very good tight end. And I think, you know, the first couple of weeks were, you know, not really much of him. He didn't really have much of a role in the offense. But I think slowly but surely the last couple of weeks, Brett Firemuth has been a impact for the Steelers offense, and he's becoming a legitimate option for the Steelers offense. And Big Ben is obviously becoming more comfortable with Pat Firemuth. So these Steelers skill players, I mean, you know, they have some fun skill players. Offensive line obviously is not as that dominant offensive line as we know the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, or in the years previous. But as far as the skill players and, you know, these young Lions corners, I think they can give some, you know, tough tasks to, you know, this Lions back seven with Najee, Deontay, Fryermuth. I mean, they have they have a nice set of skill players. And this was a game where I really thought that the Lions had a had a shot of stealing this game because I even like the Pittsburgh Steelers. I guess the first few weeks I thought they were really shaky, but the last few weeks, man, they've been coming along. So I think this is going to be a really tough game. It's going to be a tough task for this Lions defense. Um, I mean, the Lions defense has obviously had their ups and downs, but this just kind of this is a tough matchup for their trenches because tackling a guy like Najee Harris is going to be very difficult for this team, and just having the task of a uh, Najee Harris can be difficult for this team. And then you know, mixing in a speedster receiver like Deontay Johnson, then having an effective tight end like Pat Fryermuth. You know, there's just so many ways that they could beat you. And I don't think the Steelers team is all that great. I just think they give this Lions defense some bad matchups that I, I think, you know, that the Steelers could kind of take advantage of uh, offensively for, you know, scoring some points. And, you know, with no Claypool, that, that, that makes a difference because then it's like a guy like James Washington stepping up. And then after that, you're really testing your depth charts like Ray Ray McLeod, who's a returner. And then... Now, nah, former Wall Lake Western, you know, I, Cody White. So, you know, he went to my high school. <laughs> uh, he, he's on there, you know, maybe he gets a more expanded role as well. But, you know, I, I think with no Claypool, it obviously tests, you know, you know the, the Steelers' depth chart more. But I still think they have enough pieces where they could score points, especially with uh, when you have a running game and just a running back like Najee Harris because he does so much for this team. Yeah. The, the the good news is is that the Detroit Lions is coming off a bye. They had an extra week to prepare for this game, so I am expecting adjustments, and I I guess with personnel, and maybe we we'll might see a larger role from my guy Derek Barnes. Hopefully, we see a bigger role from him because he he's been having like up and down games where he will have a a high snap game, and then we won't see him for the next two three games. I so, think. I think something I also mentioned, the Steelers are coming off a short week. You know, the Lions are coming off a short week. Yeah, Steelers yeah. are coming off a Monday night game, and it was a, a tough game, a tough adversity game. It wasn't like they just blew out the Bears. It was down to the needle, you know, down to the last play of the game. Um, it literally came down to the last kick where Cairo Santos tried to break or tie Justin Tucker's <laughs> field goal record. Yeah. And that thing came up way short. And then the announcer tried to make it seem like hit the crossbar and then it missed, okay. but no. <laughs> <laughs> they showed the replay was way off. <laughs> way off. I don't think I, did they even touch the the end zone or? No, I think it was just short. I think it like I think it hit like the three yard line or two yard line, something like that. But Pathetic. Pathetic. You know, <laughs> it, it was definitely short. I mean, it was a deep field goal, but yeah, it was deep. I mean, I but, can I can yeah. do it being better, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, um, think, I think that that that's a positive for this game. So maybe you know who knows. 
you think we could steal one because of that? I think it's possible. I think it's possible. I mean, we've seen the flashes of the Lions defense. It's just like, what defense are you getting? Like, the Lions offense, we know they stink. Like, we just know every week they're going to stink. The Lions defense, it, it, there is there's a chance. Like, you know, the Lions defense gives you a chance sometimes. But then there's, like, also games like Philly where they just get completely dominated the whole game and every single phase of the game. Um, that, it, I don't think that Philly game happens too often. That definitely no, game happened. That that was just that was that was bottom of the pits. Of and that cut them off guard as well because the Eagles were a team that you know didn't run the ball very often. They were a team that ran the ball one time with Miles Sanders and a half. Uh, I mean, they were a team that just didn't run the football and it caught them off guard. And they had they. I mean, they didn't have the ability, I should say, to adjust. So you know, I think with this week having the extra week to prepare. I, I think the Steelers are one of those teams that they, they also like to run. So I, I think the Lions will have a game plan where they're going to try to limit Najee Harris as much as possible as they could, you know? Yeah, I think that has to be the, the number one game plan is to stop Najee. You have to try to cross off Najee Harris. You're not going to completely you know, eliminate him just because he's so effective in both phases of the game, the passing and the running game. But you have to find a way somehow um, to limit him. And I'm going to ask you the question – you you mentioned with Derek Barnes. Do you think Derek Barnes may be a matchup with Najee Harris or maybe stack in the box? What do you think is the best matchup to kind of limit a Najee Harris? I mean, with, with Derek Barnes, man, like his snap count has been so iffy. I, I, I'm really wondering what type of snap count he's going to get. Is he going to get 20 snaps? Or is he going to be in the high 40, 40 range, you know? I don't know. That's the thing with – that's the way it's been for him this season. Like when we seen flashes of him, you know, being all over the field, he had a high snap count, and then the very next week he had went right back down to twenty, which is very confusing to me. Well, you know why they did that? I'm not sure it was because maybe in a more passing game, they rely on Anzalone and Mees Raven, versus you know they're playing more of a running team. They would, you know, scheme in Derek Barnes in there. I I don't know. All I know is like the last few. Games, his snap count has been in the 20s, which been has been bad. So I'm hoping with the bye week and the adjustments, they realize, hey, Derek Barnes is probably our best linebacker. <laughs> let's let's get him on the field as much as possible. So hopefully that happens this week, you know, with the with the bye. And um, if that is the case, maybe they do um, put like a Derek Barnes to shadow like a Najee. Maybe who knows? But I think. As of right now, if I had to take a guess, it would probably be either me, Raven, or Enzo. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, I Campbell had a comment during the bye week was saying was, we're going to reevaluate this whole team, you know, from every single person on the roster, and we're going to move some things around if that's giving younger guys more opportunities. If, you know, if we don't think a guy deserves an opportunity, we're going to take him out of that spot. <clears throat> Trey Flowers. Um, I, I think – you know, Dan Campbell is putting more of an emphasis of we want to get our younger guys more involved and we want, you know, those guys to kind of learn on the job a little bit, you know, instead of just sitting back and um, taking in the game. I think now after this bye week in the second half of the season for this Lions, I think it's going to be more focused on the development of these young guys. And I think Derek Barnes most definitely fits in that category and criteria. Yeah. So, yeah, so that'll be, that'll be a positive just to see him out there and, and making plays, you know, 
Yeah, I, I, I think I really do expect it. And I think we're going to see a bigger role from guys like Julian Aquara. And I think we've already seen that uh, as, you know, the last couple of weeks. We've seen, you know, more snaps out of Aquara. Um, I would say even in Austin Bryant, I think this benefits a little bit. I think Levi and Enrique definitely uh, will benefit off this. I, I, I think these younger guys are going to get more of a role in the second half of the season. That's something more I expect. Um, and then guys like Trey Flowers and guys like Nick Williams, you know, just guys haven't been too productive for your football team. Um, I, I think their snap count could definitely go down a little bit more. And, um, you know, and I think, like I said, I think we're going to see more of these young guys get more of an opportunity in those spots. If that's a Julian Aquara, if that's an Austin Bryant, Levi Enrique, I think it's it's that point of the season. It's like, let's see what we have in you guys. And, you know, we're not a good football team, but we want to see what we have in you guys. And we want to see if you could be this, be those building blocks going forward. So I, I really do expect a bigger role from these younger guys in the second half of the year. And, and I think that starts this Sunday versus Steelers. Yeah, man. So I guess keys to victory for this game, I would say don't give a big plays and stop Najee Harris. What about you, man? I would I would say limit big plays because I don't think you could completely eliminate the big plays with this team because they have the big play – players guys like Najee Harris and guys like Deontay Johnson I mean Deontay Johnson has that speed where like he could take a slant route to the house you know he he has that speed where you can give him a five-yard pass and he can make it a 60-yard pass you know he, he's yeah. just that type of guy so it's gonna be tough you know it's gonna be a tough task to, to contain a guy like that and especially with your young corners they're gonna move him out all over they're gonna move him in the slot they're gonna move him on the outside so your young corners are gonna have a tough task with a guy like Deontay Johnson with being no Claypool and obviously no Juju Smith-Schuster, I think you could put more of an emphasis of trying to limit a Deontay Johnson than trying to let these other guys maybe beat you a little bit more. A guy like James Washington or a guy like a Ray Ray McLeod or the Wall Lake Western alum, Cody White, try to beat you a little bit more. You know, I, I think with no Claypool, I think you could put more of an emphasis in trying to limit Deontay Johnson as much as possible. So we'll see. Yeah, man. What about... Moving on to the offense, man. What do you think our offense can do against this Pittsburgh, so the, Pittsburgh defense? So this is Pittsburgh defense, I mean, it's interesting. You know, I, I think they obviously have players like TJ Watt, who is, I think, one of the, the, the best players in football right now. I think he's just such a dominant player, and I think he's going to give any lines offensive linemen a uh, wherever the hell they decide to line them up. You know, they just have a lot of pieces on that defensive line where they can get to the quarterback. Uh, I think something the Lions are going to maybe to look uh, look towards this game is trying to get that, that ball moving in the run game and, you know, trying to build that identity in the second half and just see what you could do and, and make that more of a strength for this team than, it, than it's been in these first eight games. So um, I, I'm looking at something like that, maybe getting the run game a little bit more. And I think if, Jamal Williams misses that will definitely be a blow. But um, I think you, it's something they're going to have to try to get going this Sunday is that run game for sure. Yeah. And and with this new offensive line, well, I'm calling it new, maybe there's a chance. So that's going to be something interesting to see if they could get the running game going. I'm more interested to see, like, how how they play. As far as, like, the, I'm really interested in the offensive line. I want to see how they're going to play. Because this is going to be our first time really – Seeing our full when this is not even our full because we don't have rag now, but you know yeah. Brown Brown well, been playing good. Brown Brown's been very good this year for us, so I, I don't think it's going to be a, an issue. But just having Decker our edges back is going to be 
it's, it's very helpful. So I'm interested to see how they play, man. And as far as you know, how we attack them, yeah, man. I think I think we probably would have to head to you know our running game and and see how that goes. This year, without Williams, it hasn't really been been good. Yeah, I mean it's only been one game, but yeah, it was it was a terrible game without him. <laughs> without him, it was, it was terrible. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully. It's not like that, and hopefully Swift can have a really big game. And even if the running game is not going, you know, you still got to get your playmakers involved. Got to utilize C.J. Hawkinson. You got to utilize DeAndre Swift. You know, and I think one of somebody in the receiving core just has to step up. I don't think Raymond's going to play this week, but damn it, somebody Reynolds, 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 yeah, Reynolds. Um, Reynolds is not going to play, so somebody, damn it, somebody has to step up. I don't know if you saw this, but they they're looking at potentially playing a, a little more Amon Ross St. Brown on the outside instead of just the the, the slot uh, slot receiver spot. So, what's your thoughts on you know maybe mixing him a little more outside? Kind of have to. You kind of have to. I mean, yeah, look who was playing our outside receiving. We had um Hodge out there and, and Benson. Yeah, and Benson and Hodge been bad. Dang, he's been awful. And Benson so, hasn't been much better. He hasn't been much better either. You know. The thing with the Benson is like, I think Hodge has been worse because he's actually dropping shit, which is crazy. Which is well, Benson's been getting targets, so yeah, yeah I'm, I'm curious is he even getting open. Exactly, that that's that's the thing too. So he's they're not getting open, and if they do get open, they're dropping passes. So yeah, you kind of have to move St. Brown to the outside because that's where the big plays are going to come from. You know, just from the outside, and these guys are not beating the one-on-one coverage, and they're not getting open. It's going to force Jared Goff to do something crazy. And I'm pretty sure nobody wants to see Jared Goff do anything crazy because it, it hasn't been been good for him this year. No. <laughs> no. I, I would say, though, you know, as far as the Lions offensive line, if, if they could give you that time like that Green Bay game, like that first half of that Green Bay game where Goff had time, um, I, I think even with the Lions receiving core not being good, I think it's going to set up opportunities kind of like in that Green Bay game where you could take some shots because, you know, this Pittsburgh Steelers secondary and especially their cornerback room is not a strong part of their team. I mean, that's something you could definitely pick on, something that you could use to your advantage in this game. I think it's just going to be a big, you know, test for this Lions offensive line. How are you going to deal with TJ Watt? How are you going to deal with Penesua going back to right tackle? How are you going to deal with Taylor Decker being back um, in your lineup? That's going to be the question. If we can get those looks that we were getting versus Green Bay or in the second half versus Baltimore, where Jared Goff has you know, multiple seconds in the pocket, he could look at multiple reads. I think even with this line's receiving core not being great, and it's been not being great is very you know, kind. It's, it's been fucking terrible. Um, I, I, I think it could even open up some type of a passing game uh, in, a, in a long passing game where you could take some shots down the field like we saw in that Green Bay game. So I want to see how this line's offensive line. I think that's going to be just a big story how this game goes. If it struggles, this game's a wash. You have no chance. But <laughs> if, if the line's offensive line gives you time to, you know, it gives golf to, you know, pass the ball and it has time in the pocket and they could develop some type of a run game, Look out, man. Maybe the Lions could do something this week. I, I Maybe they could do something on offense where it's a little more, you know, positive. And it's just kind of like that Green Bay game where it's like, hey, I mean, that that was nice. Like, look at that pass by Jared Goff. Look, look at that time by the Lions offensive line. 
Look at those holes that they're setting up in the run game. I think it's going to come all down to the trenches. And, and that's kind of been the story for the Lions this year. It's like the trenches. I, I think it's going to be a very big telling on how this game is going to go. I can tell you early on how this game is going to go. If the Lions offensive line is getting you know, beat up badly, TJ Watt has like five sacks by the second quarter. Five sacks? I, I mean, you know, I'm just throwing out a number. I mean, he, he would be the guy to do it, though, if anyone were to do it. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying, it's like, it's going to be a big talent. I, I think it comes down to how the line offensive line plays. If they hold up, I, I think they could score some points this week. But if right. if it's if it's rusty, nah, it's going to be rough. All right, guys. So I just actually noticed something for this game, and my heart kind of shattered just just looking at it. Um, this is not good news. Not good news at all. Um, I'm not the weatherman, but oh um, no. Yeah. Um what they're predicting the the weather to be um at um, Heinz Field it's going to be 39 degrees with snow. Snow. What's the probability of the snow this Sunday? I I, I don't know. I just there's a snowflake it says 39 degrees. I'm I'm assuming that that means snow. That Are you looking at Michigan right now or is this Pittsburgh? I mean Pittsburgh's close to Michigan. No, 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 no. I'm not looking at the actual weather, weather. But like, if you look at the like, if you have CBS, the sports app, it has yeah. like, if there's like some type of weather, it, it'll have it next to the game. Like, if there's but rain, see, you'll see the rain cloud. But it, it's saying that it, it may snow. I'm looking at the weather app right now, which is very incorrect most of the time. But in Detroit, it's 39 and snow with a 50% chance of snow. And then in Pittsburgh, they're predicting rain on Sunday with a 40 degree forecast. I mean that happened. I mean, if it rains, that's that's still bad. That that's it's not like good 30, news. It's 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 thirty percent right now. Thirty so percent. I mean, I don't I don't know the exact percentage. Again, I'm not the weatherman, but yeah. <laughs> just looking at the CBS app, um, for the game, and for the weather that is showing for the game, it shows thirty nine degrees with the snowflake on it. The snowflake next to it. So there's I'll a be chance. More, I'll I'll be snow. more worried about that on Sunday. We got old. We'll talk more about that in the live show. I think that's going to be more of a telling on, you know, how the game is going to go. I, I'm not going to base the forecast right now. I'm not going to use that right now. Uh, just because not. it's too far into the week to be doing that, I think, right now. So I'm not going to I'm not going to mention the forecast. If it's Sunday, if it's Sunday morning, we're on Spotify Green Room an hour before game time. And, you know, I, I see legitimate snowflakes where it's actually going to be a problem in this game. Then, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a tough time for the Lions. But I'm going off if. Just a cold day at Heinz Field, a, a cold day game. I think they have opportunities to set up some type of a passing game. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be all telling of the Lions offensive line, like I said. So what's your keys for the Lions offense to do this Sunday? Get your guys involved, man. You got to get your, your playmakers involved. I would you definitely attempt to run the, you know, run the ball. You definitely got to keep them honest. You got to run the ball. I think if it doesn't work, like like if, like if it's been running, like if they've been running it, like they have in the past where they'll get two yards like like last week. If if it's not working, I think you just gotta get Swift involved in a different way. You know, you gotta get him to swing passes, get him the screens. You gotta get TJ Hawkinson involved. I mean, last week they did a phenomenal job of, you know, getting TJ Hawkinson involved. Like I think they literally went operation get TJ Hawkinson involved. And and they got him the ball. I think he had like twelve targets last week. So yeah. he was involved heavy in the in the um game plan last week and I think they gotta continue to do that. You, but you gotta revolve 
the offense around your playmakers. And your playmakers are your two guys. You got TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift. And hopefully, you know, Williams is Jamal Williams is back this week. Because if you know if he's back, he can run in between the tackles. He, you know, he could get those four, five, six yards, and he could keep, you know, keep the clock going, and we could we could have a running game that way. So that's that's the hope. I, I think in previous matchups, the Lions have came into football. They've played football teams where if the Lions even get a lead, it, it just it's it's going to be hard to sustain because the offenses they're playing are going to come back easily. I think we've seen it with the Rams. I think the Ravens game, um, you know, I, I give a lot of shit to Lamar Jackson not being able to perform a comeback, but he's actually been one of the better guys this year of coming back. And I, I'm giving his credit because he's actually been passing the ball a lot better this year. Um, so th- this is a turn of events right now. I am wow. giving credit to Lamar Jackson right now. So, wow. <laughs> um, you know, I but I think it, this team in particular with the Steelers, I think if the Lions could pull off some corky stuff, get off to a little early lead. I think this is a team that struggles a little bit more of coming back um, with their offense and with the quarterback they have in play right now. So I will say is like if the Lions could get off to one of those hot starts, get off to one of those early leads, you know, maybe do some quirky stuff. um, I I think they have a better chance of holding out on this football game than when you play a team like Baltimore, when you play a team like L.A. Um, I, I think it just gives you a better option, a better opportunity because you're not playing those high-powered offenses like like those other teams. So I would say I think you have a better chance to win. Uh, it's, it's tough. It's difficult. And a lot of it is 100% going to go down to the running game because if if you can't run the ball, teams are gonna, always going to come back on you. Unless you have like a high-powered offense or you're just consistently throwing touchdowns on the field. Like if you're yep. consistently throwing, throwing bombs and scoring touchdowns, it's going to be hard for you to keep a lead if you cannot run the ball because yep. that's what you – that's what you got to do. Like, if we were able to run the ball against um, against the Rams when we had that 10-point lead and just, you know, just keep running the ball, get chunks of yards, and then score, and then just keep getting chunks of yards and then score, we would have won the game. Yeah. But our our team can't do that. Our guys are not getting enough carries. Even when we are running the ball well, the guys are not getting enough carries. So, yeah, that that's going to be a big question. If we could get a lead, and if they do get the lead, can they hold that lead? I think they could. I think they could sustain a lead versus this team. I have more faith in the Lions sustaining a lead, uh, holding on to a lead, than uh, the previous matchups that we just mentioned, by far. Uh, right now, if you told me this was like week one, week two, week three, I'd be like, yeah, sure. <laughs> but I'm right now, I'm at a point that is like, I got to see it. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Like, you got to see it. But, like, I think this Pittsburgh Steelers offense – when they're down, like, I'm not saying they're completely out of it, but, like, I think you have a more realistic shot of sustaining and holding on to the lead than playing like the Los Angeles Rams because they have so many, so many pieces on that offense where they could just fire back and score right away. Like, you could mm-hmm. score and then they'll score right back. The Steelers, you know, maybe they'll respond with a field goal. Like, they're not one of those teams that are just going to go back and forth to touchdowns. They're a team where they want to play an ugly game. Like, they they kind of have an identity that we want to build, is play an ugly football game and just score points. Um, but if it's like whoever takes that lead early, I think wins that game. Uh, that's how I think it goes. I don't see much, you know, back and forth. Uh, the, you know, this team takes a jab, that team takes a jab of, you know, the scoring multiple points. I think it's going to be whoever plays the game uglier wins. Whoever plays the game uglier wins. Yeah, I mean, it's possible, man. I just I don't trust it right now, man. I think Pittsburgh is a team that, you know, they're they're a big play away of, you know, if we have a 10-point lead or a 14-point lead, 
you know, there's one big play away from just, you know, kind of one score and then, you know, the rest is history. Then the game is pretty much is a ball game in the end. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I have to see it. I, I I don't know, man. Now, what I will say is I think they could play a better, uglier game than we than we could. That's why I'm not saying the Lions are going to win this game, but I think the Lions could play their recipe of football. I, I really do think they could play their type of football. We just have to see it. You know, I I want to see what the new team, what not the new team, but what this team kind of looks like coming into the second half of the season, and you know, just see more of a maybe a different playbook, some different stuff ha- happening, maybe opening up the playbook for Jared Goff, and you know, seeing some of these guys on defense maybe get expanded roles, and maybe they could ball out a little bit. Guys like we mentioned, like Barnes, Aquara, and the list goes on. So, I, I'm just interested to see what what kind of energy they kind of bring out to to open up the second half of the season and you know some new new plays and it's it's going to be interesting this is not a great team in pittsburgh it's definitely a winnable game you're not a good team you're obviously the worst team in football right now but this is one of your i don't want to say favorable matchups because i said the steelers have a lot of favorable matchups on offense i still think they do but this is not one of the better teams you've played this year um it's still gonna be a tough game they're still a, a, a solid football team you're playing in their backyard I don't know if I have the balls to pick the Lions to win this game, but it, it it's going to be intriguing. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> we still have time to think about our picks and our bull predictions, scoring predictions. Yeah. Um, but, so, man. We'll see, man. I, I, I want to see an interesting – not interesting. I want to see how they respond after getting their asses kicked versus the Eagles uh, and, and just coming off a of bye week. I want to see how they respond versus Steelers. And just see what, what what they could bring this Sunday versus the Steelers, and, and what they could do offensively and defensively, because everything was bad last at last game versus the Eagles. Everything was bad. I want to see what they they could do to improve on that, because it's not going to be hard to improve of what you did last week. So um, let's just see what the energy they bring out on Sunday. And like I said, I think it's going to all come down to lines, offensive line, how it plays, and if you give them a chance or not. Before we end the show, I just want to ask you a question. You actually brought up a really, a really good point as far as the energy coming off the bye, coming off that really awful loss. That that was a terrible loss. That that's now that's not even a normal loss that they went through against the Eagles. That was a terrible, awful loss. Um, if they come out flat, no energy, no sense of urgency, no direction. Like we don't know what the hell the game plan is. Like is if they come out with another awful game back to back, coming off a bye. What are your what are your thoughts? Uh, it's tough. Um, it's definitely tough. I mean, you can blame the roster for so many things, and I, I think it's still valid. But if you drop a complete egg where you don't even look competitive, because this is a this is a team where they're not great either. I mean, I'm not saying the Pittsburgh Steelers are bad, but they're not great. Um, if you if you drop an egg like a complete egg and there's no energy. That, that that's a message in the locker room that's just not going through anymore. That same message is not hitting the same than it, than it was before. If, if that's two games where you are completely flat, I hope we don't get to that point, and it should not get to that yeah. point. And just to make our listeners clear on that, it's not if they lose this game. Because no, 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 that's a big difference. Th- th- there's a big difference between losing and what the hell we saw last week. Yeah, And that's what I was afraid of um, when I was bringing everything up is what we saw last week. Um, that that was that was bad. Now we can't see that two games in a row because, especially coming off a bye, it's not a good message at all. I think it's going to look really bad. 
it's gonna look really bad if that happens. If that's the case, the message is not hitting the same with these players than than it was the first couple weeks because the whole thing that we've been raving about is like they're a competitive football team. They come out every week and they're gonna fight their tails off. But last week, I mean, their last game versus the Eagles, they didn't show me that. They didn't show me like that competitive edge right there. They they just look completely out of it from the get go and and it continued all the way till the very end of the game where they got their asses kicked in in their own stadium. And if that happens again. I mean, that that message is not hitting the same. And there's there's serious questions after that. Yeah, I, I don't expect that. I, I don't. I'm either. hoping hoping that that's not the case. I don't expect that. But man, if that does happen, that is going to be rough. Like I said, you could blame the roster for so many things, and it's still valid. But you can't come out with no energy and look completely fat. You flat. You still have to look like an NFL team. The Lions versus Eagles didn't look like an NFL team. They looked yeah. awful. It it was it was hard to watch. Everything was bad. Like well, I mean, I don't want to go back and keep talking about that game, but everything was bad from that game. So you cannot have that, and especially coming off a of bye week, you cannot have that. That would be, like I said, there's gonna be there's gonna be questions, serious questions. I think they're gonna be more valid if that happens. I don't want to get to that point. I really don't yeah. want to get to that point. I don't think it gets to that point. But if it does get to that point, I mean. We're gonna have to talk about some things. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to get some more serious yeah, stuff. We'll, we'll have we'll have a serious discussion about it if it ever does come to that point. I don't think it is. I don't think it does though. I, I really don't think it does. Yeah, because I mean, I I, lo- I still love our coaching staff. I still love our guys, and um, I think they're gonna have. Them, I think they're gonna have them ready. I think they really know what they did last. You know, a couple weeks ago when they played the Eagles, I think they know what they did. They knew they they screwed up. And I think they'll come out with a better game plan and get these guys ready. That's what I'm hoping for. So we'll see. I, I like I said, I don't think it gets to that point, but I don't even want to think about it because I don't think it gets to that point. Yeah, so I'm, yeah. I'm not going to even think about it. This, this, this is not think about it. How about we just forget that I, I even asked that question? Let's just forget that I even asked right now. And let's just end the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's midnight right now. It's. A Wednesday night, technically Thursday. But all right, guys. I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode. We will be back live on Spotify, Green Room, the day of the game on Sunday, an hour before the game, since one o'clock kickoff. So we'll be live on twelve o'clock. Talk about the inactives. I guess we'll have to talk about the weather forecast because we're playing an outdoor game, and Malcolm brought up the possibility of snow or or rain. And so I, I guess we're gonna have to talk about the weather forecast. Maybe uh, Malcolm's gonna have to swing his strings and get a meteorologist for us on the pod. Could you? Could you? <laughs> could you I'll see what I can do, man. I'll see what I can do. Okay, so we're gonna. If you guys, if we don't have a meteorologist, you guys can blame Malcolm for not having a meteorologist on our, our pod Sunday. So, uh, um, Underdog Fantasy promo code PridePod. They're matching up to $200 of your first deposit. So go take advantage of that. Go use it. And leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts. And I'm signing out, guys. Peace. All right, y'all, it's your boy Malcolm, man, and I'm out, man. See y'all Sunday. Peace.